0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast,
1: brought to you by Pizzaville. That's pound three six three six. Topics worthy of discussion at five nineteen on Global News Radio and around the table. A raid around the table before me, and this is my day. This is when I'm on the panel, so I've got to look at my my uh, I guess counterpoint. You're in here, Michael Diamond, because I'm not. How's that?
2: You know, it's big shoes to fill, but I'll I'll do a, uh, uh, I'll do a better that's job. That's not
1: what you said on Twitter today. Nonetheless, um, Michael Diamond is a campaign strategist and political commentator, Upstream
2: Strategy Group. You said something about Upstream, too. Oh, you, you know, the, the name of my company comes from a uh, quote in the uh, eighth season of Kerber Enthusiasm. Okay, where uh, uh, someone tried to steal a cab and Larry David uh, uh, from Larry David, and he he said you, you you're upstreaming me, and she's like you don't just stand there, everyone upstreams. There you go. Now we know
1: upstream, upstream strategy group. All right, David Wills is with us. He is senior vice president of Media Profile, a regular on Thursdays, leading Toronto public relations guy. David, how are you?
3: I'm great, Peter. Good to be here.
1: Good to have you here. And Stephen Holliday, who is deputy mayor and Counselor Ward Two at Tobico Centre, we had you on yesterday. On a particular subject today you're here on all the subjects welcome
0: thank you very much always a pleasure to be here with you and the panel
1: all right so let's get underway we just had uh, minister todd smith with us talking about uh, his file his well it's not his only file he has a lot of things to do but i think uh, he he is um, in the midst of trying to cope with Something that exploded over the course of the past year, as this government said, we're going to deal with the problems um, besetting parents of autistic children. And uh, the first thing that we have to do is we have to quantify. So how many kids are there being treated? Right now it's something between ten and 11,000. How many kids are awaiting treatment? Uh, He gave us a specific number, in fact, right down to one. But suffice it to say, it's within 100 people of 25,000 who are not receiving treatment but are on various wait lists around the province for, for treatment of various types on the autism, on the autistic file. The question is, can he repair the damage that's been done in a reasonable period of time? Uh, and is this something that you, uh, you believe that now that this minister has uh, his arms around it is going to happen, David?
3: Well, I I think the challenge is going to be not about quantifying wait lists. I think they do have to do that because they do have to measure success and have an idea of accountability. But it is an example, and I know the other three people sitting at this table don't like this point of view. It's an example where more money is needed. And I think that they're coming to a realization of that, that these are children with very different needs, each and every one of them. So you can't put it into uh, cookie-cutter-sized bites. Um, I think it is a big, big issue and it's a big problem and one that I think he does have a chance to hit the reset button on it, but it's going to involve more resources. Well,
1: interestingly on that question, and I did get to that question with him, uh, I talked about the money and he said, you know, money is not... Um, the, the issue right now, the issue is to get kids matched with the services that they need and, and move forward. And we think we're on to that, and we have the Ontario Autism Panel to help. But we have the money. Premier Ford pledged that additional $300 million. We have the money. So I've got I've to look at Todd Smith. Well, I do it on on two levels. One, he's the minister in charge of that file for our province. But he's the guy who I've known for a lot of years. And I know him to be a person of his word. So if he says we have the money uh, and he goes about the business with his staff of allocating it, I, I'm optimistic.
3: Well, I, I'm glad that you're optimistic. And I, I, I hope that we all can be as well. But we, you know, the fact is there's twice as many kids on the waiting list as getting served, uh, getting the services they need True. right now. And so, you know, you've got a two for one there. And if you're just doubling the money, it tells me there's still a third of the money missing then if if all is equal. And maybe he may be onto something that it's not all is equal. Uh, if they've put more money in, it's time to get it matched and get it allocated because, waiting is actually detrimental. Like when you you miss windows with these kids, especially in the early years, that you can't get back. I know and that. And I think that it's there is a there is an immediacy to, to getting uh, arms around this problem.
1: I'm taking uh, and distilling what you just said down to
2: benefit of the doubt. Is that
1: fair, Michael?
2: Look, I think uh, the transparency that Minister Smith has announced being important uh, and something that he's striving towards is going to be important. It's going to help reset the conversation. And one, once there's a, a fresh conversation Conversation and uh, stronger communications uh, with with parents and and the most affected parties. I think the government can really move forward uh, in in a better way. I think it's also important. You know, the the previous government struggled with this issue. The current government has struggled with uh, with this situation. And, and there's been a lot of slagging of, of politicians for not having compassion. These are d- deeply compassionate people on all sides of the house, and they do want to do what's best for for these children who who need support. So it's a very tough situation. Uh, I, I'm not envious of anyone who has to help uh, work towards addressing it, but I'm glad we have someone like Todd Smith there to do that.
1: I wonder why this has been such a hard file. It seems so obvious to me. If I had an autistic kid, I would demand service immediately. They all do, and they're a, a pretty strong lobby. But the, but he's right. Michael's right. This has been something that's fallen between chairs uh, for many iterations of government, not least Ford recently, and and they stubbed their toe back last
0: fall too. Well, I think it's an emotional issue. Uh, we know that you you deal with children, there's one checkbox, and you deal with a pocketbook, there's another one, and that's why people are really interested in it. I, I, I like what I've seen from the minister so far. He's been really credible in what he's talked about in the media, and you know, I know plenty of files around City Hall. I don't know the all the ins and outs of autism, but he said some really credible things like, um, you know, it's not about money. It's about access to the services and having enough people and service providers out there to, to match all those services, as you were talking about, Peter. We see that in other things where, you know, there aren't enough doctors or another, not enough specialists and different types of resources. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about quickly, though, was this idea of a list as being some magic thing that everyone circles around. About a week ago, we sat at the audit committee and we talked about the list to to Toronto Community Housing. Actually, technically, the rent geared to income. And what the Auditor General found in Toronto's case was that you know this list of 106,000, they weren't really sure there's actually 106,000 people on that list. So this waved around politically as as you know part of the leverage to incite change. But when you start to look deeper in it, you realize there were there were names like Chris Kringle on the list and people weren't going through the processes to, to clean that list and to make sure that it was accurate. And I think I saw some things in the media about that, that in the 24,000 or, or so people that are supposedly on the autism list, there may be duplicate entries and, and, and other indicators. So the well, caution... Well, there are, of,
1: actually, because yeah. what happens is parents apply to different centers and they wind up on the list multiple times.
0: So it's, it's superficial to, you know, just circle around this list. Do I think we should have a conversation? Absolutely. I think there's a very important political one that the government has to have And that's the concept of, do you give a lot of disbursements out to a lot of people, like a small amount of money and say, here's some help for you to deal with the situation that you have? Or do you look at it differently and say, let's go to a smaller pool of people and give them a higher benefit? And presumably, if you did that, you would be looking at what the outcome was of the benefit. Are you able to to help the child in a way that is going to make a, a meaningful difference in their life? And their are political philosophies that this government has to wade through. And I think no matter what path you take, someone's going to be angry on both sides of those coins.
1: Well, you know what? There There's a thing called uh, opportunity of outcome and, and uh, the, the measurements. Once you're going to measure, if you've measured what's going into the system, and if you tell me that it's just shy of 25,000, then my expectation becomes that you're going to address the plight of 25,000 people. I'm going to just play a clip briefly from uh, Minister Smith that talks about this being broader than Ontario. You know, there really needs to be a national conversation around this. Autism doesn't know borders, and one in 66 children in Canada is born uh, with autism uh, and is on the spectrum somewhere. So this needs to be a national conversation. Okay, so that's I'm going to go around the table one more time because I think this is a serious subject and go back to you, David. Uh, Does this need to be a national conversation? Because aside from what's besetting Ontario right now, which is how many are there, how do we address it, do we have enough money, it's autism is a far more frequently diagnosed situation than it was when we were kids. Well, you know, I I can appreciate that that it's not
3: a uh, uh, border-driven diagnosis by any means healthcare education both responsibilities of the province so trying to kick it into a national conversation is de- is a delay tactic and you got to be very careful on that the you know you can't say oh this is going to be a federal responsibility because it drifts over the border he didn't say that no and he didn't say that but i'm worried about those things what we need is action and the parts that you know i didn't hear your interview with him unfortunately but what i have heard him say was about getting to work and i think that that's what the families are going to respond to is that they want to see some action they don't want to see the politics You know, the Conservatives kicked the Liberals really hard, deservingly so, in the last election that they were uncaring all the things that Michael said. Turns around, everybody does that to the Conservatives when they can't solve the problem. we got to stop all of that. And we have to start focusing on this. And yes, people are on the list more than once.
1: That shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be on getting the kids the treatment that they need. I was going to say, and I'll throw it to you, uh, Michael, on this. Uh, Todd Smith being a great guy, notwithstanding, 25000 being the number, notwithstanding, having $300 extra dollars, notwithstanding, there's only
2: one thing that people out there want to know. I want my kid to get treatment. Yeah, we want results for the people we love, and we want results for our neighbors and the people who we love and who they love, and, uh, and, and that's all that... That really matters uh, to to people. So I think uh, one of the problems on this file is there's never going to be a concrete fix. We're always going to be having to work towards better outcomes, and uh, it's going to be a continuous process. There's never going to be a solution. Stephen.
0: Well, um, my concern is, is two things. I, I really hope that the government is going to make sure they tackle this issue of supply of service providers to make sure that there is enough people to be out there to give the treatments, that there's just enough doctors and other trained professionals to offer the capacity. But the other thing that is important to recognize is there would never, ever be enough money to pay for all of the needs. I mean, it's very similar to the daycare subsidy conversation. Daycare is hard for virtually all parents, and can you give enough money? So what there is is a system to support the people that need it the most. And there's a there are clear rules around it. And there's a cutoff point. And people need to be really clear on which side of that cutoff point you're on. And that's the good public policy that you build around it. That line has to be uh, crisp or have some very, very small steps uh, from zero to full benefit. And that way, parents understand and expect what benefits they ought to and could receive from the government. If this is wishy-washy and the policy's up in the air, I think you've got what we've got going on right now is conversations saying, you know, I need this for my kid. This is more important for me versus you. And they're not healthy conversations.
1: All right. Enough on autism for now. We'll undoubtedly return to that subject at uh, a later date. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast.